Hello there, this is Dr. Casey Bradley, and you're listening to the Real P3 Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the real pork producers around the world. I hope you enjoy. Happy birthday, Dad. I'm so excited to get to celebrate my father's 70th birthday with everyone. As you all know, he is why I'm a swine nutritionist today. So we're going to go back to Cass County, not only visit with my father, but some of his friends and some of the multi-generational swine producers in Cass County, Michigan. In part one, we're going to be visiting with who else? My father, Craig Bradley. My dad is a great pig person. He's also a great people person. He was a great manager on the farm. I always look back and notice how he was able to unite his team together work together, have fun, get the job done. Not only get the job done, but get it done right. And he's going to give us some great advice. But there's also something else you need to know about my dad. You've heard me talk about, I just want to make ripples. Ripples that turn into tidal waves. Well, guess what? You're on my father's tidal wave. The real P3, my career, my success. I owe a lot of that to my father for what he taught me growing up, even though at times I didn't realize I was being taught a lesson. So stay tuned. Hello, Dad. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. I'm getting around. For our audience, would you tell us your name and kind of how you got your start in the swine industry? My name's Craig Bradley. I started in the swine industry back in high school, working for a local farmer. So how long have you been involved in the swine industry? Oh, I was involved in the swine industry for probably close to 30 years or more. And you've also been a 4-H leader and worked with a lot of kids with swine? Yes, I was 4-H leader in our 4-H club and then a swine leader at the county fair. And so my dad is celebrating his 70th birthday when this episode comes out. So he's had a lot of experience and he's the reason I am a swine nutritionist. So dad, earlier we were kind of being nostalgic and talking about how the pork industry really started in Cass County, Michigan. It's a unique county from an outdoor-based system into confinement. Kind of talk us through back when you started you know, in high school and that, and how producers are able to, you know, build their herds and, and establish themselves. Well, back in the 60s and probably late 50s, there was a soil conservation program where they could set aside junk ground, we called it. Marginal farm ground, it would be hard to farm, but you could pasture on it. So guys would run sows out there, furrow on it, get paid for set aside, and also then they would make money off from the swine that they produced on it. And what drove them, I guess, in the 90s, because I remember, to go to confinement versus pasture base? Was that that change in, in that soil conservation program or just the need for economics? Well, I believe what really drove it was land prices went up. It wasn't economical to be running hogs on ground that you could 
get crops off from. It went from, you know, a hundred to two hundred dollars an acre to two three thousand dollars an acre. So to uh, I'd say make it more economical, we went to confinement where it would take less help, less ground, and produce more pigs because the average per litter in confinement is anywhere from nine to 10 pigs per litter. And, and out in the fields, we were getting eight pigs per litter once in a while, nine, but, uh, it's, it took less help, but I tell you one thing, the, these confinement barns are not really healthy for the people like they think they are the, the gases in the pits and, what you breathe in is not good for people. But uh, when we were outside, I really think we were healthier and, and the animals were healthy. Let's talk about the mindset of raising pigs outdoors because we've had this concern. It seems like a broken record that we have labor shortage. I mean, from a welfare and a, a person wel welfare perspective, I think you're a manager that I've always recognized as somebody who's taking care of not only your animals, but your people that work with you or for you and stuff like that. So walk us through what's important for you when you, you look at that management perspective and what you've learned in your career. Well, when we are, were outside there, it would take, oh, to do a thousand pigs a day to wean and castrate them. It, it takes, up to about eight people you know we'd have to bait them and get them in corrals and it was more work but the people i'd say enjoy it but in confinement you know you have you can have one person in the farm room they can castrate them you can wean them but you also got to take care of your people it's in confinement, I, I'd say you can give them more time off to a certain point. In confinement, you have to check those buildings every day and make sure the feed lines are working, the water lines are running. When we were outside raising these hogs on these big feed lots and that, you could fill the feeders up. If a water tank or a waterer broke over the weekend you, you just fixed it on monday you didn't have to be there saturday and sunday but in in confinement it, it demands more attention so there's good and and for every every way we go but uh, w with the price up that's driving this land up today uh, you have to go to the confinement to compete So we want to take this break to thank our sponsors, the Sunswine Group, Nutrisline, Swine Nutrition Management, and Pig Progress. But we also wanted to remind you of our new Facebook group, the Global Swine Professionals. We're going to be doing something fun, some live interviews, some Q&A, and we just want to hear from our audience. So that's a great place for you to take the time, leave us a comment, tell us what you want to hear, or volunteer to be on our show, because we're always looking for those awesome pork producers around the world. Well, that's all I had, so let's get back to that episode now. 
we haven't ever had this conversation, so I'm really curious to get your opinion, Dad. Managing people. I was a terrible manager for a while, and I learned the hard way. I remember my younger father, and I remember my older father. What does it take to be a good manager of people to get them all behind on the same mission? Well, you got to treat them like you want to be treated. I mean, you don't ask them to do something that you wouldn't do. I mean, yeah, there's times maybe you can't do it because of your health, but you got to respect your uh, people, too, that you got to give them some time off and so they can enjoy their own families. Um, I probably was guilty for that when I was early in farming. I mean, there was times there was things going on and I just stayed and worked on the farm. And But you got to realize that people have their own lives and they, they need to um, be able to, to do something. Since I've gotten older and that, I mean... I'm kind of semi-retired at the moment because I'm getting operations on my knee, but uh, I would never been able to do this farming, you know. Let's talk about the robotic father I know now. Your whole right side is every about every joint is replaced and you're getting your left knee done soon. What do you think of like worker health and you know, longevity of employees? Are we not doing enough in agriculture to help them as well? Well, when you're young, you think you're invincible. When we used to unload semi-loads of pellets, we yeah, you start out with one bag. By the time you got done, you probably were carrying three bags of pellets. You know, it's you, you make your job a competition and fun at the same time. You abuse your body. It's not the managers having you do it. It's just you know, if a pig don't want to go up the load and shoot, you get underneath it, flip it over, and push it onto the truck. And then, I guess, I never thought I was hurting my body, but um, <laughs> I, I tell you, your joints do wear out. I'm just curious on how many artificial joints I'm going to have at your age. Uh, because, yeah, it, it's a competitive mind. And a lot of times... You know, the challenge I see in the industry and from the consumer's perspective is, is everybody is that is interested in animal welfare and rarely do we think of human welfare. And I kind of had to change my mindset in my career because I started out with the same mentality, um, kind of raised me to, you never told me I couldn't do anything, right? Right. Yeah, there, I mean. there was one thing in my life you told me I couldn't do, and that was wrestle because I was a girl. But I understand why now, right? I get it. But yeah, it, the girls aren't quite as strong as boys. And let me tell you, if, if you would have, you would have got her. I know. But at the same time, anything else in my career, you've never stopped me. No, because women can do in the swine industry what any guy can do. This animal welfare movement you know where you have to use a paddle and and stuff i guess you just instead of taking 10 pigs you take a couple and use your sorting boards and paddles to move them and that it's good for the animals it's good for the people i guess but it just makes things a little tough sometimes 
Yeah. So in our, you know, in our careers and, and working with you, you said you weren't there a lot. I, I remember getting to work beside you. That's what I really liked about the swine industry back then to where today's swine industry, I can't take Arthur with me. I can't give him the same experiences, right? I can't raise that next generation of farmer the same way you were able to raise me. So how do we, and you've worked in 4-H, how do we get kids interested in agriculture? How do, how do we bring that back? Well, that's, that's just like your nephew. When he went to college, his roommates, somehow we need to teach it in school where animals come from, what they produce. Kids today, they just do not know where a pork chop or a T-bone or milk and that come from because we've lost their 80-acre farms. Nobody lives in the country anymore to speak of. I mean, and with the uh, health reasons in these confinement buildings, you can't take people with you. I mean, you could, but you got to shower in, shower out. We have more health problems today because we keep our cells longer. When I started out, you sold your one litter. You had a one litter operation, basically. You kept gilts every year back and breed them. We weren't farrowing year around. Today, you know, we'll use these sows for eight to ten parodies, and 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 this is where you you get all these diseases coming in because you're not eliminating the host, and that so it makes it tougher. I remember the man I grew up with, Don McKenzie. When pseudo rabies hit and that, he says, you know, I lost all my cats one time. We had this a long time ago, but it wasn't a problem because they sold the sows off in that one litter. When we started keeping a few sows around, breeding back to furrow early in April, then we started picking up more diseases and things. So you scientists have to make these vaccines and stuff or for what's going on. And um, it, it makes it a lot tougher out there. Well, it's interesting you say that because when, when I think of indoor versus outdoor in some of my research and Dr. Maxwell's research that we've done, you know, we look at, so Dr. Maxwell's early work found that bringing outdoor raised pigs indoors, they performed better. They were more mutualogically robust. And we look at, some of the issues we're having, he's continued some of that work and he finally did some of his dirt work trials. He put sandboxes into farrowing crates and found the same thing, right? They were seven kilos, you know, 15 pounds heavier at slaughter, I think, of the one trial. So, I mean, I think there's something to be said about that, but I also thought, you know, dirt holds disease too and we're on concrete enough now. And so, so I kind of understand that evolution a little bit, but I mean, what are some, in your mind, some of the mistakes we've made as an industry from your career? I think we're keeping ourselves way too long, but everybody wants to sell as many pigs as they can a year. And, and sometimes the sell market isn't good. So if you sell them, you make less money. 
but do you make less money in the long run if you can cut some of the diseases out? It, it's something some of these uh, breeders need to look at. And, that. and then another thing with your industry today, you have basically a white line hog. You have your land race, you have your large, large white yorks, and you're breeding back white. When I grew up, we had a three-colored animal. You had York, Hamps, and Durox. That was the three typical breeds. And I think heterosis was better back then. I'm not in the industry now, so I, I can't really say if your heterosis is as good as what we had early in the industry or not. Some good points. What are your thoughts about my career, what I've done? Well, I'm very proud of you. You went from a little farm girl out here in the country to being a, a doctor of science and can't be more proud. But you still have a lot of work to do to keep this industry going where the profits can be made and people can keep going ahead. But with the cost of everything going up, it's going to be tough for you guys. Well, thank you, Dad. I really appreciate it. And I've learned so much from you. And I think my audience would appreciate to hear kind of your perspective and understand a little bit probably more about my opinions in things that we used to do. If you didn't know, one of my first paid jobs was on that sow roundup, wean day, castrating and giving shots. I don't think I could squeeze my arm after I gave that many injections at the time or cut tails. <laughs> so some good memories, fond memories, and I appreciate your time. I thank you much. And happy birthday. Thank you. Before we go, we want to thank our sponsors again. Swine Nutrition Management, NutriSign, Pig Progress, and the Sun Swine Group. Don't forget to join our Facebook, the Global Swine Professionals. And as always, if you get a chance, hug a pig for me today. <laughs> <laughs>